hands to the Lord this morning. Why don't we just pray in the Holy Ghost a little bit? Can we do that? We just lift up our voice. Come on, just lift your voice up to him. Give voice to that. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. There's a boldness. There's a boldness. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Is there anyone in here this morning and you need healing in your body? We're going to pray for those watching online, but in here, is there anyone just with the lifting of your hand that you need healing? You need a touch from God in your body. Anybody at all? Hallelujah. You do, brother? Could you stand up? Could you see anybody at all? Anybody at all? We're going to do something. Get out of your seat. Let's, I want you all to come lay hands on him. You know, we need to exercise ourselves towards godliness and exercise the gift of God in us. Amen. We have the ability to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray for our brother here. We're going to pray for those online. Father, we just thank you right now that the healing power of God is flowing. You said to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover you said father that there's an anointing on your word that that you sent your word and you healed us so father we send for those watching online we send the healing word to them right now in jesus name we declare that the power of god drives out pain and it drives out weakness and it drives out sickness and it drives out disease in the name of Jesus. We thank you that that healing power is flowing into them right now. We agree in this place that our brother is healed, that those watching are healed. And we thank you, Lord, that there is a healing flow that flows from heaven today. It's the flowing through the head of the church, Jesus, through his body in this earth today. And so we thank you for that blessing of divine health. And we lay hold of it with our faith in Jesus' name. And we declare we are whole. We declare those watching are whole. We declare our brother here is whole and filled with strength from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Total restoration and healing in Jesus' name. And we declare that it's so. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Healing for every house. I said there's healing for every house. Amen. I declare there's healing in my house. Amen. I tell you, the Lord spoke to me. This is a year of restoration. And I know people have lost things concerning even their health this last year. But I tell you, it's restored by the power of God. Amen. 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 Well, this could be why the mic wasn't working. You have to install it. Praise the Lord. I'm restored. How about that? In my mind. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just give God praise. Let's just thank Him. Father, we just praise You right now. We thank You right now for that healing flow. We thank You right now for that flow of the Holy Ghost in this place. Thank You, Lord, that You're moving. You're moving in this place. You're moving in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Addie, can I pray for you, baby? Come here. Can I pray for you? Hmm. There's something so specific for you to do. There are things that God put in you that He's drawing out of you by the Holy Ghost. And there are things that you're going to see by the Spirit of God. There's going to be things that in your heart you see yourself doing and it's because God has called you to that and he's anointed you there's an ability on you Addie for those things and they may not seem like important things to other people others may not understand it but it's important enough to God to put it in you and he made a plan about your life before you ever got here on this earth so lean on Him and spend time praying to God. Spend time praying in the Spirit. And those dreams and those things that you see on the inside will get bigger and will increase. And all you have to do is say, God, I'm willing to do it. Because that's all He needs from you is a willingness to do the things that He's called you to do. And He has equipped you. He has given you even the ability to speak. And yet that's something you don't think you have. But I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, you have it. And as you step out with boldness and with faith, God will fill your mouth with words of wisdom, information, knowledge. God is filling you even now for your purpose. So be aware of that and have your heart open to Him and keep a willingness to follow Him all your life and you will see it unfold before you, says the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you. I love you. I love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Just thank him for it. Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your divine plan. The divine plan that you have for each and every one. We thank you. We thank you that we're being brought into our destiny by the Spirit. <laughs> Even when we are unaware, there are times we're being led into our very destiny for this hour. And we give you praise and we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Isn't God good to us? He's so wonderful. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to get in the Word. Are you ready for that? <laughs> Turn with me, if you would, over Genesis, over to Genesis chapter 12. I thought Pastor Martin was going to preach my message today. I thought I needed to maybe turn his mic off. I thought he's preaching the whole thing. But uh, that's all right. I tell you, the Word is good. We can hear it again and again and again. Haven't you ever heard a, a message? You think, I've heard this preached before, but it's like the first time. And just so many truths are, are coming uh, to my heart. So I believe that today, as we continue our series on covenant and being covenant conscious and being covenant aware and just really evaluating all of the things that belong to us because of covenant. I tell you, when you start to dig in and you see what belongs to you, all the blessings that belong to us because of that covenant, it makes you so thankful that you're in a covenant with God. Amen. Amen. So we're going to jump over there. Genesis chapter 12. Thank you. Thank you, um, Brother Joey. What a blessing you are. Amen. Um, I want to start, we can put those slides up on the screen. You know, as I was studying this, one of the things that I was so impressed about was how adamant that God wanted us to know the covenant. He really impressed upon them to teach it to the children. Remember that? Teach it to the children and teach it to the children's children. And I mean, they went to great lengths to do that. They put it on the sides of the house. They put it on the gates. They put it on their bodies. And I really believe it's because when you understand covenant, it changes your whole life. It truly does. It changes your entire life. You know, covenant is something, if you study it, you'll see that from the beginning of time, God has made covenants with man. If he wanted to change someone's destiny, and if he wanted to change someone's life, he made a covenant with them. And it changed their life forever. And I'm going to tell you, covenant has changed your life. You may not know it because you're ignorant. So many people are ignorant of this, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. 
But my God, we've got something so powerful that changes and broadens our life. Why wouldn't we want to know this? And it redefines your future. It redefines and it broadens what you think you can have. Let me tell you, you've got people that think because they were born on the wrong side of the tracks, because they were born in certain situations, that that's as far as they can go in life. You've got people that think, I can only do, you know, little things because, you know, I don't have a lot of ability. I'm going to tell you, you are now in covenant with God. It's not just you anymore. It's you plus God. You're a team. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. What is that? That is a covenant verse. That is a covenant truth. And it redefines your life. You now see things that God is showing you and you think, I can do that. Maybe I don't know how to do that, but I have the Holy Spirit in me that will teach me. I have God on my side that will show me how. And you'll do things. And you'll go places in life. And you'll have things that you never thought possible. Because you understand covenant. It is life changing. And I want everybody in this church to get a hold of it. Because God has a good life for you. God has intentions to prosper you beyond your wildest imagination. But it's because of covenant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we've been on this, and I just want to real briefly do a little bit of review. If we could put that first slide up there. This is the definition of covenant. The definition of covenant is this. It's a solemn, binding, and unbreakable. I love this. It is an unbreakable agreement between you and God. Of total devotion and loyalty to support each other, to defend each other, to protect each other. And this is the one we're going to look at again today. And to provide for each other. At the moment covenant is made, everything the one party has is now at the disposal of the other party. Everything heaven has is yours. All the wisdom, all the ability, come on now, all the supply, everything that heaven has belongs to you because Jesus made a covenant with you. It is sealed, it is signed, and it's notarized. You know, every time you make a contract or you make a covenant, an earthly covenant, it's sealed, it's notarized. The covenant that God made with us is a blood covenant and it is signed in the blood of Jesus. His signature is on it in his very own blood. I love it. God looked around. He said, I could swear by none greater. He looked around and said, who who can I swear by? To show them that this is real, that this is authentic. And he looked around. He said, there ain't nobody greater than me. So I'll sign it in my own blood. Hallelujah. Put that second slide up there. This is the purpose of covenant. 
the purpose of covenant was to bring man into a direct and binding relationship with God. I love that. It's direct. It's between you and God. You know, sometimes it's easy to get lost in the world. You know, the scripture that says that uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, let me tell you something. Sometimes you can feel like you're just a number in the world, but you're not. God knows you. God knows your name. And this covenant begins with a relationship between you and God. There's all kinds of benefits in this covenant, but the greatest one is this, is that you have a personal relationship with Almighty God. Amen. So it's to bring man into a direct and binding relationship with God. It's to exchange, thank God, man's weaknesses for God's strength. He took our unrighteousness and he gave us his righteousness. He took our poverty and he gave us his riches. Hallelujah. Man, the weak factor has been eliminated. And now we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm strong physically. I'm strong mentally. I'm strong in my family. I'm strong in my finances. Why? Because of the great exchange. It's powerful. It's to bring man into an agreement of trust. And this is where we left off, and we're just going to plow right through again today in talking about this. The purpose of covenant was to bring man into God's blessing. And that blessing, see people, yeah, God bless you. Now, it's more than that. The blessing is God's health and it's God's wealth. God brought you into a covenant with him to make you healthy and to make you wealthy. People choking right now, but we're going to get through this with the scriptures and you're going to get your mind renewed. Listen, I know, listen, I didn't always know this. I didn't, even, I didn't always know that the favor of God was on my life. I didn't always know that God wanted me to prosper. But I'm going to tell you the beginning of increase in my life was when I opened my heart to have a heart of understanding towards things that I didn't know or towards things that religion had poisoned me against. See, religion chokes on a lot of things that are true. I remember the first time I said, out of my mouth, because you got to say it. For it to really register on your inner man, you got to say things. And I remember the first time I said, out of my mouth, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I thought my grandmother would turn over in her grave if she heard me saying that. But it's true. Saved by grace. No, I was a sinner. Hallelujah, I was. But now I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it takes humility to receive that and walk in that. 
I'm going to tell you, there is a covenant of wealth for you. And listen, it's proven in, in the definition. Remember the definition? Was it is an agreement between you and God so that he would provide for you? You have come into, my friend, a covenant of provision. You have come into a covenant where God has agreed to take care of you financially and provide for you financially. But that's not all. It is also a covenant of increase, prosperity, and wealth. Wealth. Go over to Proverbs, or don't, don't go there. Just Y'all are in Genesis. Let me just put it on the screen. Can we just spend a little time on this? Because we need, the beginning really is mind renewal. The, the, the beginning is mind renewal. Because you have people that will aim in you down to the floor. But on the inside, they don't see it for themselves. Covenant rewrote your life. Covenant rewrote your story. And I'm going to tell you something. If you will believe this, you will see God do extraordinary things in your finances. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I know this to be true. Put it on the screen if you would. Proverbs 10.22. We've heard this. We know this. But it's the blessing of the Lord. And this blessing is on us. We're going to prove it here in a little bit. We're going to look at it. This blessing is on us because of covenant. It's on you because of the covenant. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh, now look at this word, rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. You know, <laughs> as a preacher, you can say certain words behind this pulpit that trigger a lot of negative responses from people. Triggers some really negative emotions with people. And one of those words is rich. Another word is wealth. You start saying words like that and people get really upset with you because they have been taught by religion it sounds so good that we should be poor and we should be proud. Now, I know what I'm talking about because I'm from Oklahoma. I'm from Oklahoma where people's definition of prosperity, and I'm, and I'm not putting anybody down, but this is where we were at. This is the level that we were taught. The level that we were at, we thought if you had your trailer house paid off on your daddy's land, and your car paid off, and if you had an above-ground pool, <laughs> I'm being very serious with you, that that was prosperity. I mean, as a kid growing up, I'm thinking if I could just have an above-ground pool. I had a friend that had an above-ground pool. And I bugged my parents for an above-ground pool, and they got me a trampoline. I thought, I didn't want a trampoline. I wanted a pool. But we had three ponds on our property, so Dad said, just go jump in one of those with the snakes and everything. No thanks. No thank you. But 
you know, you have to, you have to, and, I'm t- and I, my prayer is today after we finish with this, that you're ready to break out. That you're ready to come up to another level financially because it is the will of God for you and it is a part of your covenant. And you've got to stop limiting God. See, you have the ability with your lack of faith. See, covenant is this. God does his part, you do your part. What's your part? To believe. Faith in him, faith in his son is your part. Be it done unto you according to your faith. And so if you don't believe what I'm sharing with you today, it won't happen in your life because you're the one who's limited God. And I'm telling you, people do this all over. People sit in churches like ours that preach prosperity and wealth, and they sit there and think, man, I bet I'll stay here and tolerate this, but I don't really like that. I had, I had lunch not too long ago, a few years ago, with a, a minister. Uh, Jeremy and I went out to, to dinner with he and his wife, and he and I went to the same Bible school. We went to Ramah together. And Ramah, you know, teaches the Bible about Bible prosperity, Bible wealth, that it belongs to you. So we're sitting there talking. He's in the ministry. And he's sitting there and he said, you know, he said, the thing that always bothered me about Rhema was the prosperity message. I said, come again? He goes, yeah, he goes, I don't, he goes, that just bothered me, the prosperity message. I go, why would that bother you? I mean, I'm just, you're in the ministry. It takes money to do things in the ministry. He said, well, I'm never going to be rich doing what I do in life. That's what he said to me. I just about came out of my seat over the pancakes that were in front of me. I said, who said? Who's, who told you that? Who? Who? I want names. Who told you that you can't be rich? I said, because God didn't tell you that. Who told you that? And I mean it. We have suffered persecution in a hat. All the dear, letter, dear pastor letters include people's offense about us preaching about prosperity. But so interesting, almost everyone, and I can give you lists of people that leave the church mad over us preaching this, but they go out to try to do something for God. And I am not kidding you, scores of them call us back wanting to know if we can help them on a missions trip, purchase equipment for their ministry and I want to say I'm just too nice to say it well why would you be calling me if I'm not supposed to have anything if I'm not supposed to have anything why are you calling me to help you is that your doctrine what's your doctrine about prosperity let's get it settled today from the scriptures not because I said it but because it's in the scriptures for you that God has made a covenant with you and it does include your health it does include your protection but it does include riches and abundance of wealth 
you walking in wealth, the God kind of wealth. If you don't believe it, you will limit God in this area in your life. You will love the Lord. Well, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. A lot of people love the Lord and they're broke and they're sick. Full of fear. Won't come to church. But they love the Lord. I want to do more than love Him. I want to walk in His benefits. I want to walk in these covenant blessings. And when they show up in my life, I want to know the reason why. So that I can give Him the credit. Come on now. Can I give you a scripture? Because I, I want you to see this. Don't go there. I'm taking y'all all over the world. And y'all are staying in Genesis. Uh, can you put on the screen Psalms 78? I didn't know whether I would share this or not, but I think I will. Psalm 78. And we'll uh, look at verses 40 through 43. Do you remember the children of Israel? Remember children of Israel going through the wilderness? All these different things. And God was providing for them. Do you want to know something about children of Israel? They were covenant people. So they had a covenant. They were descendants of Abraham. And they had a covenant with God. But they didn't remember that. And it hindered God in what he did in their life. Do you want to hinder God in your life? Let me show you this. Psalm 78, 40, it says, How often did they provoke him in the wilderness, grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited, look at this, the Holy One of Israel. This is how they limited him. They remembered not. That word remember. We'll just, we'll just pause here. The word remember is a covenant phrase. It's covenant language. We are supposed to keep the covenant, the promises of that covenant, the benefits of that co covenant always on our mind. Uh, we'll come back to Psalms. We're everywhere. Put First Chronicles 16 and 15 on the screen. Look at this. This is where it is. 1 Chronicles 16, 15. Be ye mindful always of his what? His covenant, the word. The word. See, this is the covenant word. Be mindful. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. The covenant promises. See, that's a part of our part of faith is remembering the covenant word, remembering the covenant promises. He says, be mindful always of his covenant, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. And so go back to Psalm 78, 42, just on the screen, because we see how Israel limited him. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy, how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zone. 
They forgot all of the benefits and the blessings of his provision in that covenant. And Christians do it left and right today. They either don't know about it. That's a big part of it. A lot of people just don't even know. I think I was 19 or 20 years old when I first heard my first message on covenant by Kenneth Copeland. And I almost couldn't even believe my ears. But it's all throughout the scripture. This whole book is your covenant with God. Hallelujah. Remember that covenant word. Don't limit him from prospering you. Don't limit him from making you rich in your life. Amen. Amen. Are you over in Genesis 12? Let's look at this. We were here a couple of weeks ago. But Genesis 12, this is the covenant between God and Abraham. And we can see that prosperity and wealth is in here. And you'll see why this is important for you. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And it says, And I will make of thee. Remember we said, covenant is personal between you and God. He said, I'm going to make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great. So that's very personal, and it goes just to the very heart of covenant, that it is between you and God. And we see easily that God did this in Abraham's life. People everywhere know about Abraham, all over the world. And they should, Christians should know about Father Abraham. He's the father of our faith. He's the father of our faith. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. But Abraham is the father of our faith in that we can look at his example. We can look at his life of faith and follow it. In fact, we can look at all kinds of things in Abraham's life and follow it. In that he was a giver. In that he believed God. Amen. He goes on to say this. He said, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Look at that. Thou shalt be a blessing. I'm going to read this out of a couple of other translations. Could you put that third slide up there? The Amplified says this, And you shall be a blessing, a source of great good to others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You shall be a source of great good to others. The Amplified Classic says it this way, And you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others so that is the purpose of prosperity that you can be a dispenser or a doer of good in the earth you want to know something about money people get all uptight about money you know what money does money gives you ability it gives you ability ability 
to be a blessing. Have you ever seen a need and it touched your heart and you think, if I had it, I would give it. If I had it to do, you know, something good for them, I would give it in a heartbeat. It gives you ability. How in the world can you even take care of your family without prosperity? Prosperity gives you ability to take care of your family. It gives you ability to bless somebody else's family. It gives you ability to send people into the world to preach the gospel. It gives you ability. Listen to this. You're supposed to subdue the earth. You are supposed to subdue the earth. How do you do that without money? We gave this example the last time we were together. There was a guy I know back in Oklahoma... Very, very rich, very, very wealthy man. God made him wealthy. I'm telling you, God, he had, I don't even think he has a high school education. And God just gave him the wisdom, gave him creative ideas about different businesses. He's doing them, and he is walking in tremendous wealth. And he said, I would go to work every day driving down the freeway, and he said they would have these big, you know, billboards, um, advertising, they call them gentlemen's club, but I don't think that's what's going on in there. But that's what they call them. And he said, I mean, he goes, I just got so sick of driving down the road and seeing that smut, trash. You know what I mean? Just, I mean, it's getting worse in the world. They're about ready to just take everything off, prance around. I mean, it's just unbelievable. What you see at the beach and, you know what I mean, right in front of our kids and everybody. And he said, I got so tired of seeing that. And the Spirit of God spoke to him. He said, you got money to do something about it. So you know what he did? He bought every one of them. And bought those, those clubs out of their contracts. And then he put scriptures on all those billboards. And put big crosses on the billboard and it says, Believe ye in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. What's he doing? He's subduing the earth. Come on. I like that. I'd like to do something like that. Wouldn't you? Instead of griping about everything, I'll just buy it. And then I'll put whatever I want up there. I'll put a picture of myself up there if I want to. I don't, I'll put anything but trash because I can. I've got the ability to do it. My finances, my money, my wealth, my abundance gives me the ability to do it. I'm t we ought to be mad as hell that we don't have more than what we have. I mean it. I hope I provoke something in you today to get up and produce. You've got it in you. You've got a covenant. You've got the Holy Spirit who is smarter than anybody. I'm telling you, there's something good in front of you that God wants you to tap into to where you're an owner. And you're the head 
and not the tail. And you've got more ability to do more than you've ever done for your family and everybody else's. Hallelujah. He said, I'll bless them. Verse 3, that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And I'm not going to get into this, but walk in understanding in that. You cannot curse God's covenant people. It doesn't go well for you. And I only say this because of the direction the world is going. There's a lot of things happening right now with Israel. There's a lot of hostility in the media. There's a lot of hatred that the spirit of Antichrist would like to get in the hearts of God's people. And why are you talking about this again? Well, so that people aren't ignorant. I know there's some people that just don't care. I'm not talking to them. They've probably already turned me off. But I'm talking to you that you'll have understanding about this and get on the right side of it. Amen. And you're blessed. Devil can't curse you. <laughs> I said the devil can't curse you. Nobody can curse you. We had somebody in him that came through the office doors one day. They said, oh, I just want you to know that there's the lady that she's cursing you guys. I go, well, if she believes that, double back on her. I don't believe it. I'm blessed. She can take her little voodoo doll and poke it and stomp on it and run over it with her car. She can do whatever she wants. It ain't going to hurt me. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. He said, I will bless them that bless thee. Curse him that curseth thee. Look at this. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That really came to light to me in studying this, that God's definition of covenant wealth includes your family. What God sees is not just you walk, walking in covenant wealth. He wants that to go down to the second generation, the third generation, the fourth generation, the fifth generation. And the reason that's important is we need to be confessing that over our children. I've started confessing that over my kids. I mean, we're on the second generation of Swizics here. Hopefully someday the third. Waiting for that call to come. Praise the Lord. But see, what we can confess over them is that that generation, and I believe this is scriptural, will walk in double what I did. Because you see that principle with Elijah and Elisha. Remember Elijah said, what do you want me to do for you? Elijah said, I want a double portion of what you got. So that's what I've been confessing over my kids. My kids will walk in at least double than what I've walked in. And then their kids will walk in double of what their parents walked in. Hallelujah! Because this ain't just for me. It's for the generations after me. Isn't this wonderful, this covenant that we've got with God? Aren't you thankful he thought of this? He said, and in thee all families of the earth shall be blessed. Now go over to Galatians chapter 3. And the reason that it's so important that we understand the blessing of Abraham. Think, why are we going over this? Because you are an inheritor of that blessing. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. That blessing, that covenant promise that he, that he just said to Abraham, you inherit that blessing. Are you understanding me today? Man, this belongs to you. You're not waiting for it to happen. It's already happened. You've come into this blessing. Galatians 3, and look at verse 13. We're going we're gonna to get into some other scriptures, but we need to lay this foundation. Galatians 3, 13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham, look at this, and his seed were the promises made. The promises that we just read in Genesis 12 were made not only to Abraham, but to his seed. That's not talking about anybody else but you. That's talking about the church. Hallelujah. The promises were made to Abraham and us, his seed, saith not and to many seeds as of many but as of one and to thy seed which is Christ. Now drop down to verse 29. Hallelujah. You ready to shout a little bit? I'd like to hear it. <laughs> verse 29. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. So we are Christ. We are Abraham's seed. And we are heirs to this covenant promise of wealth. That's me. Well, I could never be rich. That's a bunch of baloney. That's a lie from the devil. Because this right here is what you have come into. You want to hear what it did in Abraham's life? Don't go over there, but we'll just put it on the screen. Genesis 13, 2. Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. This happened as a result of that covenant blessing. And just like he did it in Abraham's life, he has every intention of doing it in your life for the very same reason. Hallelujah. I'm rich. Now let's look at some other scriptures. All right, go to 2 Corinthians 8 and wait for me. 
Otherwise, I would just have you running all through, all through your Bible, but you can just write these down and go to them later. Let me read to you Isaiah 48, 17. There's some good stuff I want to show you here. Isaiah 48, 17 says, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit. He does what? He teaches you to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. He teaches you how to profit. He teaches you how to produce. See, you have in this world people that contribute and you got people that consume. You want to know one of the biggest problems this world has? Too many consumers. Too many people that want to live off the government or live off of somebody you ought to loathe and detest that way of low living. I don't think you should say that. Well, I've said it. And I might say it again before we're through. Because God created you for more. See, the devil has lied to you and told you that you can't. You're not smart enough. You didn't have the right upbringing. You didn't have the right parents. You didn't have the right environment. But I'm here to tell you, God is with you. God has put something in you. He's put the power to get wealth in your life. He teaches you how to profit. If you'll just believe Him, He will inspire you and give you creative ideas I've seen this in my life. My papa, I saw this from an early age. My, my family always owned businesses. I come from a family where they have multiple businesses, you know, have properties and different things like that. So I grew up, I grew up seeing people uh, believe God in their finances. They, they can believe God for their finances quicker than they can for their health. You know what I mean? And I think it was because of necessity. We had to believe God for every penny that came in. But see, they just believed God would do it. And I remember my um, grandfather, my papa, I remember when I was going to Bible school. He was so proud of me that I was going to Bible school. He, he was the one that really supported me in going. Um, that's a different story. But... I remember him saying, he goes, now I want you to be able to go to everything. We had classes after our normal class. We had healing school and prayer school that were optional. They weren't a part of our, our classes, but I really wanted to go because Brother Hagen would teach prayer school and, you know, I just wanted to be <laughs> wherever he was where I wanted to be. And I remember my papa, he said, well, why can't you go every day? I said, well, I have to work. He said, how much money will it take you to live up there? And I gave him the amount. Now, this is what he said. I'm, I'm 18 years old. He said, the Lord will give me an idea. The Lord will give me an idea 
so that you don't have to work and you can go to those classes. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll believe for that. Well, you know, they owned a sawmill. Well, the Lord one morning woke, up, woke him up and said, start a pallet company. You know, these pallets, you know, like when people ship things on, you know, yeah, on trucks and stuff, they have those pallets. So <laughs> he made all my cousins work for the pallet company so I could go to school. Amen. Amen. Put those boys to work. They really loved me. But God put that idea in him, and he acted on it, and it is still going today. My uncle owns that business, and it supports multiple families. How did that come? It came from a relationship that a man had with God where he knew God will teach me how to profit. God will give me an idea. That's what he said. He goes, God will give me an idea for something. So certain. And he didn't even have a, a high school education. He couldn't even read. But he had tremendous wealth. Tremendous wealth. Why? Because God made him prosperous. Hallelujah. See, this I'm trying to tell you what you've got in you. You know, I remember, um, it's okay we talk about these things. I remember uh, several years ago, this was back in 2000, I think it was back in 2012, and the church was really going through a tough place financially. We, and I don't share this with everybody, we had even stopped taking a salary. And I was working down at the, the school cafeteria down at the school. We, had, we were just, you know, just pushing through. And, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy's a go-getter. He has no fear about starting anything. We've had blind companies. We've had carpet companies. Don't go in the carpet business, whatever you do. Lord, we didn't listen to the Lord on that one. But he has no problem doing anything. And he was talking to somebody down at the church, and they were complaining that, you know, they, they couldn't find a job. And Jeremy goes, what is this where everybody has to have a job given to them? He goes, he goes, if people would look to the Lord, he would teach them how to profit. Now, this is back when iPhones were just, like, starting to get real fancy schmancy. And his iPhone had just broken. He said, he goes, for example, he goes, my iPhone is broke. He goes, there's somebody out there that fixes these. He goes, there's some, he goes, he goes, if people want to work bad enough, they'll learn something. He goes, I guarantee you, I can put an ad on Craigslist right now. That's when Craigslist was real big. He goes, I'm going to do it right now. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm going I'm to show you. He goes, I'll get calls tonight. So he got on Craigslist and did an ad for the iPhone doctor. You remember this? He didn't even know how to fix nothing. He was no doctor. The iPhone doctor, I fix phones. That night, we got three calls. And Jeremy said, okay, let me order the parts, and I'll get back with you. He stayed up for two nights on YouTube taking my phone apart. I was just a little bit mad. I'm like, you better not mess up my phone, doctor. 
You'll need a doctor if you mess up my phone. He stayed up for two nights on YouTube, stayed up all night long studying how to fix iPhones. And he learned, and he kept getting calls for years. And he would do that. Let me just tell you, he did that after church hours. He would meet people at a Starbucks and fix their phone. And he did that for several years. And he made thousands doing it. I mean, had to get a business license and everything. The iPhone doctor. He still gets calls to this day. He finally quit doing it. He goes, I can't do this anymore. But I'm telling you there's something in you. You may not see yourself as this person, but I'm telling you, you are this person. You are a person who can create. You are a person who can produce. You are a person who can profit and walk in wealth. God will teach you. He'll teach you how to manage it. He'll teach you what to sow. He'll teach you what to save. He wants you to have ability in life financially to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Can I give you some more verses? You, are you enjoying this? I mean, this just, this just mm, when we see ourselves stretch and break out from where we're at, that pleases God. I don't want to be the same place next year. Pooey on that. I want to increase. I want to grow. Not just spiritually, in every area of life. Deuteronomy 8.18. Help me get through these. But thou shalt remember. Remember, that's covenant language. The Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power. That word power means the force, the ability, the capacity, the keys that unlock to get wealth. That he may establish... That word establish means confirm, perform, make sure his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. You want to know something else about prosperity? It is an outward sign to the world that you are in covenant with God. When you walk in prosperity, it's like a mark on your life that others can see that's the goodness of God. I'll prove it to you. Well, I don't think I believe that. Well, hold on. Put that fourth slide up there. Look at this. This is Zechariah 8.13 in the New Living Translation. He was speaking here to Israel. Notice what he said. He said, Now I will rescue you, and I will make you both a symbol and a source of blessing. He goes, people are going to see you and you're going to be a symbol to them of my blessing, of that covenant blessing. I don't know about you, but when I read stuff like that, I thought, okay, I'm ready to come up. I'm ready to come up. I'm ready to increase. 
I'm not, I'm not telling you that I want you to be a millionaire by the end of the month. What I'm wanting you to do is get a vision for increase in your life. Like a big one. And see that God wants to do this in your life. Can you imagine what your family would do if they saw you walking in covenant wealth? My family knows I'm not that smart. I've got an Oklahoma education. We're like 48th in the country or something like that. I mean, it's bad. That's the only thing we beat Bama in is, is they're lower than, they're dumber than we are. And then poor Mississippi is dead last. Mississippi's always, <laughs> they're always, they're, they're last. Bless their heart. It's true. But what I'm saying is it's a sign of the goodness of God. People see it and they know something's up. Something's up with that because they didn't go to college. They didn't go to university. They were an average student. I mean, their mom was calling my mom to believe God that they'd pass and graduate. And now look at them. They're walking in abundant wealth. I just love that. Uh there's a few other scriptures I put up there. Deuteronomy 8, 18 in the Living Bible. He says, always remember that it's the Lord your God who gives you power to become rich. He does it to fulfill his promise to your ancestors. See, he's not a God that he should lie. When you were born right then, he had plans to prosper you. See, we just got to open our heart to this. That's where it begins. Well, nobody is going to deceive me. I'm not trying to deceive you. I'm not asking you to be gullible. I'm not asking you to be stupid. I'm just asking you to receive what the Word of God says about your life. And don't live beneath what God really has for you. I'm not mad at anybody. I look at myself and I'm thinking... I need to be coming up. You know what I mean? I need to be coming up. Just because we are pastors doesn't mean, hey, that we can't have a business on the side. Norval Hayes did that. I mean, he was hilarious. He had receipts coming out of every pocket. He was a little tight, but we won't talk about that. He was a good man. But he, pro he was a prosperous man. And he had businesses all over. The he had an orange grove in Florida. Did I ever tell you about, that, about the orange grove story? They were having a big freeze in Florida. And all of these, um, all of these orchards were thinking, you know, they're going to lose their whole crop. And at this time, David Horton, who's a great friend of ours, worked for Norville. And he said Norville was just a little different in how he did things. And so he said, Norville told him, he said, schedule me, a, a, let's go out there, get a plane ticket. We're going to go out there, and then we're going to fly back the same day. <laughs> and so 
David goes, okay. So they get a plane ticket. They get a taxi. They go out there to the orchard. And he goes, here's, here's Norville. He goes, <laughs> David goes, I'm sitting in the car. It's cold. He said, here's Norville standing in front of the orchard. And he said, all right, I know you all hear me. I'm speaking to my orchard, and I know all you oranges hear me. None of you are going to freeze in the name of Jesus. I'm not covering you. I'm not trying to keep you warm. I don't, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just speaking the word of the Lord to you that you will not freeze in Jesus' name. And then he gets back in the taxi, and they go back to the airport and fly home. And his orchard was the only orchard that was not destroyed in that freeze. He didn't lose one orange. I'm telling you, something's going to happen in the church. I, I believe this. I believe we're going to break out. Can I give you... Um, oh. Give me, let me, give me some time. Give me some time. Deuteronomy 28.3 in the New Living Translation. Let me read this to you. Now, remember, the word blessed, one of the definitions is empowered to prosper. So everywhere that you see that word blessed, think of it in those terms, empowered to prosper. But look at this. It says your towns and your fields will be blessed. You know, it's talking about the fields, you know, where they plant their, their wheat and stuff like that. But we can also look at it like this. What's your field? Like, what's your field of business? God will cause it to prosper. He'll cause you to be prosperous in it. It says, um, your towns, your fields will be blessed. Your children, your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction but will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee, look at this, a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God, walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. That's another way of saying that you'll be a symbol of the goodness of God. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land. He swore to your ancestors to give to you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you will listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom. Hallelujah. 
put this one on the screen. Go, go over to 2 Corinthians 8, and we'll, we'll wrap this up. It's a little warm in here, so we're going to wrap it up. Don't forget, we have our Sunday lunch. We're going to have a time of fellowship, share some good things about the future of this campus, so stick around. Psalms 112 and 2, it says, His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. That's talking about us. Generational blessing, generational wealth, and wealth and riches being in your house. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. I just want to show you a couple more scriptures and then we're going to end. This is a scripture that really exemplifies the, the great exchange. It says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Where did he do that? Where did he do that? At the cross, at the place of the great exchange. He became poor. For your sakes, he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. So this is the covenant transaction. This is the covenant exchange. And this is something to understand. We see this at the cross at redemption. You want to know something about redemption? If you see something at redemption, it's for everybody. If you see it at redemption, it's for everybody. See, when somebody comes forward to receive Jesus, we don't tell them, sorry. Do we? If somebody comes up to receive healing, do we tell them, could you sit down? No. Because it's at redemption. If it's at redemption, it's for everybody. You being made rich happened at redemption. And it's for everybody. Just like salvation is for you, healing is for you, this is for you. Covenant wealth. I know people are choking. Let me give you another scripture. We'll end with this. I know I've given you a lot. But this verse right here, we, I think this is the most quoted verse when it comes to provision. And a lot of people don't understand it's a covenant verse. It's a covenant verse. It's about exchange. Notice what it says. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply or provide. That word supply is provide. Remember, this is a covenant of provision. My God shall supply or provide all your needs according to his riches in glory. Look at these words right here. By Christ Jesus, that's a covenant phrase. Through Christ, by Christ, 
all covenant language, this is a covenant verse. All of your needs supplied. All of your needs provided for because of the covenant exchange, because of the covenant of wealth. See, if, if, you, if you get a hold of this, you really can do amazing things for the Lord. I was reading, and we'll end, but um, there's, a, there's a few people that um, I, I like to read their stories, their life, about their ministry. One of them is George Mueller. Anybody know who George Mueller is? Oh, read about George Mueller. <laughs> he was a missionary who throughout his life, I just think this is amazing, he housed, fed, clothed over 10,000 orphans through his life. I mean, that was, the, that was the call of God on his life, was to find orphans, any orphan he could find, and bring them to the orphanage and feed them, clothe them, uh, and teach them about Jesus. And, you know, he was from a wealthy family, but when he shared with his family after he got saved, he shared with his family what he planned to do with his life. They got mad at him and disinherited him, cut off all his money. And so he had to learn early on how to believe God for finances, but he understood covenant. And so these orphans that, that were that were raised up there, they tell all of these amazing stories about how there would be a knock at the door and then somebody would bring literally tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, this is a long time ago. Tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, he walked in abundance. And then there were times, you know, because there's just different seasons of life, there would be times that all those hundreds of kids would wake up and they wouldn't have enough eggs or they wouldn't have enough bread. And he'd get all the kids together, and he'd say, okay, go, come on over here. He goes, let's pray, and let's thank the God of heaven. Let's thank the God of our covenant for what he will provide for us today. And all those little kids would just lift up their hands, and they would just start thanking God for his provision. And they said every single time there would be a knock at the door, and here is a truck filled with eggs. Here's a truck filled with milk. Here's a baker who the Lord woke him up at 1 a.m. And he's been baking bread all night long. He's the God of your provision. You have come into a covenant with God where he is providing for you. And one of my favorite parts about that is when, when those orphans would get big enough to where, you know, they couldn't live there anymore, you know, time to kick them out. He would put money in their left hand, and he would put a Bible in their right hand. And he'd tell them, he'd say, if you hold to what's in your right hand, there will always be money in your left hand. See, as I was thinking about that, I thought, if we'll hold to the covenant word, there will always be provision for us. It's more than just words on paper. It's your covenant. And it is a covenant of 
provision, increase, get used to saying it, riches and wealth. Amen. Can we just make a good confession? I think we need to. I think some things we got to say it to get it in here. I, I just wrote this down last night. Say this, say, I am in covenant with God. He has brought me into covenant blessing and covenant wealth. That blessing makes me rich. I am fully supplied for, and I'm a blessing in the earth. Covenant wealth is prevailing in my life. I want to say that again. Covenant wealth is prevailing in my life. Wealth and riches are in my house. My children are blessed. And we experience generational prosperity. Poverty is under my feet. I'm the head and not the tail. God blesses the work of my hand. He teaches me to profit. He gives me the power to get wealth. And he blesses my life. My life is a symbol and a sign of his goodness. What he has said over my finances are unbreakable promises. And he is absolutely bringing them to pass in my life. I'll never give in to poverty. I'll never give in to poverty. <laughs> I believe the covenant word. And I'll keep saying the covenant word. Thank you, Jesus, for prospering my life. Hallelujah. I received that. How about you? Let's just lift up our hearts to him and thank him. Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for this blessing of covenant provision, prosperity, increase, covenant wealth. We say in Jesus' name that we're coming up. We say in Jesus' name that you give us ideas and you give us um, instruction and you teach us to profit. We believe we're coming up in Jesus' name. We're breaking out of this thing. We're breaking out of where we've always been. And we're coming up to a new level of godly increase. Thank you for doing that in this church. Thank you for doing that in the lives of these people and these young people. God, we know that there are great things to be done in this earth. And your people will do them in Jesus' name. And we give you all the thanks and the praise for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody.